this is 50, our golden episode, and it seems fitting that we'll be discussing the results of our very first season of the American Mini Golf Alliance on the podcast. My name is Tom, but at this point, you know, you can call me Mr. T if you please. I love the game of mini golf in all of its forms and gained a new appreciation for the skill part of the game as I've reached the end of my second season of competitive mini golf. You can find all the mini golf reviews, designs, and more for myself and the pink putter at a couple of putts.com and on social media at couple putts. You can find our course and whole design work at mini golf designers and merch at minigolfgoods.com. We have way too many reviews in our backlog coming up on a couple of putts that you will get to read soon. So stay tuned. And I'm Pat, co-founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. Now that my competitive season is pretty much over for the year, maybe I can spend some time working on the pile of reviews sitting in my computer and in my inbox. And if I ever get around to cleaning them out, you can find all of our penguin fun by looking for The Putting Penguin on all the socials. And while you're out there scrolling, don't forget to follow the podcast MIDI accounts as well. Finally, since you're clearly in love with our podcast, hopefully you're also in love with the AMA, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. And unless you've been under a rock, you know that this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. We're bringing together people passionate about the game of mini golf in all its forms in the U.S., and you can become a member for free at amaminigolf.com. And maybe we'll send out a membership card to you in the mail next year. We're going to figure out how sending out membership cards will work going in the future, but it will happen. You can find updated national rankings, merch, and so much more on amaminigolf.com. And this milestone podcast is fully dedicated to our very first season in 2022. And before we jump into that, we've got some sponsors to highlight. We're proud to have Walkabout Mini Golf as our sponsor. They're our favorite mini golf video game ever. They're on VR. You can play with your friends from around the world. And they just launched not too long ago a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea course and have a mist themed course that is due for release in November. You can find both of us playing walkabout mini golf throughout the year. They're a sponsor of our season and even provided an Oculus headset for the winner of our season, who we'll mention later. And speaking of favorite mini golf games to play, one of our other sponsors is One Shot Golf, which is a mini golf app for your iOS and Android, where you get to control putting robots on your phone and play a handful of single shot holes throughout your gameplay. Works on phones in the US and Canada. You can play daily for free. Both Tom and I play pretty religiously. I think Tom's going to break like the two-year streak in a couple months here as well. But we love the courses. One Shot has also been sponsoring some of our tournaments, specifically the Hole-in-One contests, which you may have seen and we will probably talk about on a couple recaps coming up. So an excellent way to pass a few minutes on your phone every day. And that's One Shot Golf, like I said, available for iOS and Android. And unfortunately, I'm going to have that streak come to an end as of the recording of this. Tomorrow, I'm going to hit 600 straight days of playing 
But I'm going to Iceland at the beginning of November, and unless I figure out and set up a VPN, my streak's going to die. So all good things must come to an end. That just means I'll have a week off of one shot, and I'll be back in the saddle in early November and throughout the year. And wanted to give a quick shout out. You likely heard one or both of our episodes that we did with our pals from the UK from the 54 Problems podcast. We did it in advance of the US Masters and talked about that tournament. We encourage you all to subscribe to their podcast and listen to recent episodes for additional coverage of a few international mini golf tournaments and players, including the most recent episode that highlights a UK standout player, Sevi Kukielka. We'll be recapping the play and our experiences at the 26th Mini Golf Masters in Myrtle Beach at our next episode, but we want to highlight the big finish to the first season of the American Mini Golf Alliance, and we're going to give that a little bit of a wrap because since the last time we talked about it, we had almost half of our season to wrap up in September, and Pat's going to kick it off with a aquatic named tournament it's true so the first of our september tournaments as we had talked about i guess it's about three episodes now back it was the lee stoddard dolphin open which is held at the dolphin mini golf in booth bay maine this one uh, is the 10 round two-day event that has a relatively small but very stacked field we've had two previous ama event winners were in the field and as we had talked about in our preview for the past few years, back to back to back, Justin Seymour has won. And lo and behold, despite our best efforts to dethrone him, he became a four-time-in-the-row champion of this tournament, which surprisingly is not the record for this tournament, having been played uh, over 29 years. Some of those early years had some pretty consistent winners which maybe someday we'll go through the history but his fourth win he had a 34.6 average which was actually one of the lowest averages for a winning tournament in quite some time uh, which is really impressive considering some of the wear that's been on the course I mean it's certainly not the same course I played for the first time almost 20 years ago but he was on the whole time our buddy Mark, the highlighter, Novicki, eked out second place, and it really wasn't even close for Justin. He ran away by 10 or 12 shots or something, and I was oh so close to throwing the highlighter from silver medal as he clipped me by one point to land me still on the podium in third place. But we had also newcomer Todd Viao, who came all the way from Michigan for his ter- first tournament out in Dolphin. He's a putt-putter, and showed his putting skills given that this course was fairly like a putt-putt course in terms of the bank shots and the aces and he shot up into fourth place so great first time finish for him and another ama member so really cool that he came out and that was the dolphin tournament and then one of our newer tournaments oddly enough to a city and course that i don't believe pat or i have ever been to in branson missouri we had the show me putters Branson Open at Coral Reef Indoor Mini Golf, our only indoor tournament for the season. It was eight rounds. And at the end of eight rounds, Mike Seawald won with a 260 five-stroke lead over Jody Kimball, who got a 265 and recently won another Show Me Putters event 
in Missouri. Again, if you don't know, state of Missouri is the show me state. So that's why they're called the show me putters. Brian Seawald, who I imagine is related to the winner, Mike Seawald, came in third with 269, Mark Deaver with the 286, and then Don Lozeter and Eric, I believe it's a fig, but I could be wrong, so I apologize, tied for fifth with a 287. In addition, we had Wilson Engel from Texas who competed. He is a Holy Moly alum that had competed against Biggie in the finale of their episode of season three of Holy Moly. He sent us a bunch of photos and a little bit of details from that tournament. It looked like a really cool course, like had a kind of almost putt-putt vibe, had really clean, flat walls, cement indoor course, a little bit of a like undersea vibe. You know, if you're going to call your course Coral Reef, you'd expect that. And it was cool to see uh, all of these new people's names competing in an AMA tournament. Had a number of them that were members, and we even saw... Jody Kimball in a later tournament, repping the AMA with a nice hat and a polo. So kudos to you, Jody, and all of the people who played in the Branson Open. And that was on the 17th of September. Yeah, it was 17th of September. And I believe there was another tournament that same exact day, maybe? Maybe. Back East, we're my home tournament, the Matterhorn International Program. It was the sixth running this year we had our biggest pro field yet with 24 putters we had 12 putters in the amateur division so 36 players in total came out three rounds each for both of those divisions Uh, we had a lot of ama members there was a lot of talk that there was the potential for this tournament to decide who the ama winner was we'll find out in a few minutes whether or not it did but a lot of heavy competition there. Uh, Matt Lyles, who was having a really great season this year in the Northeast, um, came out. He ended up winning by two with the 115 for the three rounds. He tied the tournament record in his second round with a 36, which is really good on that course. And he just managed to outlast Caleb Smith, who moved up from the amateur division after winning that last year. Um, In the final round, it was a ping-pong back-and-forth final round, which really came down to about the last three holes and how they played out. So really really good excitement. I was once again lucky enough to round out the podium, this time getting the better of our buddy Highlighter after a six-hole playoff as we tied after the three rounds. So um, we have yet to go a tournament so far that has not had a playoff for some sort of playing space, but this was the first one that went past hole three. So setting some history in our tournament there. Um, interesting note on the amateur side, it was Caleb's dad, Darren, who I think came in second last year, ended up winning um, our amateur division with the 122, which actually would have been good for about fifth place in the pro division. So wow. maybe he'll move up next year as well. Yeah. Darren, Caleb, both really big putters. I know they, I think they both became AMA members afterwards, but we almost had a father son uh, split for the divisions, which would have been cool. So, hoping this sets the stage. We, like I said, we had a lot of good people. Um, we drew from a lot of different places in New England, New York, um, New Jersey came up. So, uh, had beautiful weather and was a great way to really round out our Northeast putting season. And that leaves us with just one more AMA tournament as we kick it back West. 
kicking it back to the middle west of the country for our final tournament of the season, which was the third miniest mini golf open sponsored by a couple of putts. Yeah, that's me. Help put it on. And the way that it works is we had seven days of qualifying where people could get a score that they would turn in. And if they made the top 20, they'd be invited to a championship that was held on September 25th. We had a bunch of people invited and kind of every year due to scheduling conflicts and what have you, we always have a few that don't show up, but this time we had 18, which is super cool. And I even had my brother who ended up making the cut this year. I don't know that he had made the cut in previous years, so it was cool to see that. And he ended up doing pretty well himself. He ended up in the top 10 and sadly did not become an AMA member, even <laughs> even though he bugged me. Sometimes family, uh, they have lots going on. He has three kids, so I get it. But yeah, so we had a big championship. We had 42 unique competitors play between qualifying and the championship. We had 85 rounds played, and we had a number of out-of-towners. We had Mick and Xavier Cullen. Mick, you might know from our previous podcast episode, he runs the MC Mini Masters. He won on Holy Moly. He's got world records. He's like a marathon runner. Great music taste. He came up with his son, Xavier. The Schweiss family, Tom, his son, Tommy, his daughter, Taylor, and his wife, Julie. If I'm wrong on that, my apologies. All of them came from the greater Chicagoland area. And then Aaron, one of the AMA founders from New Jersey and O Street Mini Golf, came in as well. So we had a number of out-of-towners, and all of the, almost all of them made the cut. And we had two really amazing rounds. We had three people who were under 50. And to give you some context, last year, Sean set the course record with a 46 in the single round championship. And that literally was like the first time in qualifying or otherwise that we had anything under 50. We had a couple qualifying scores that were under 50, but that's a little bit easier when you don't have the pressure. Sean Brown came out of it with a low round of 47. And as I had said, he was a favorite, but that second round got the better of him. He had a few holes where hole number 10, he went OB. He had some other holes that really just kind of gave him some trouble. I was right behind him after my first round of 49, which I was really excited about. And I finished off strong with a 51. And I knew that Mick Cullen had had a 50 the previous round. And I asked how he did. And he's like, I got a 48 the second round. I'm like, Mick, you won. And he was just flabbergasted. So what ended up happening was over two rounds, Mick Cullen got a 98. I came in second place for the third year in a row with my <laughs> every year I've gotten a lower score. And so I'm completely proud that somehow in a championship, I shot a 49-51. Sean Brown, despite that bad second round for his standards, he still came in third with a 103. Matt Rolstad, who is a local who has been winning a number of league nights. He came in fourth with 105. And fifth place was Eric Asilius with a 108. He won our first miniest mini golf open against me in a tiebreaker because, of course, I got second. So we had a really great finish. We got that all up on the AMA event page and all of that. And because Mick won that tournament, and I think we had talked about some of the scenarios, he had enough points between getting first in that and second in the MC Mini Masters 
that he won the whole season. And I think Pat and I have been talking about this, and we can kind of jump right into the final top 10 standings. He played two events, and he got first and second, and he got 50 points total. And I think what was the most impressive about Mick's finish really is that he hadn't really played that course until about two days before the championship. His first couple of qualifying rounds, you know, were middle-of-the-pack type scores, but I could see that he was getting better and better, and he had just dialed it in, and he had really had a respectable amount of fear for that course at Lilliput that can cause all sorts of problems like it did for me on hole number 11 with the bridge where you get in a bad spot and you take a shot. Sometimes you kind of regret it. Kudos to Mick Cullen. He is really a talented putter and he showed it on so many levels. And it makes sense that he comes out on top and he re- and he really only came out by two points ahead of some people that Pat knows. Yeah, so we going into the final couple of events, we had done a lot of the math, like Tom had said, and we were looking at it, we said there were some folks, really a handful of us in Connecticut, and it ended up being four of us who all had a halfway decent shot at coming out on top with various different scenarios. And so the, the two who had the closest who were tied and waiting to see what happened in the Minius Open was the aforementioned Matt Lyles and the aforementioned Justin Seymour. So they were finished tied with 48, partially because they both ended up winning tournaments. Um, Justin ended up winning two tournaments. Interestingly enough, both of which were not in Connecticut. He won in New Jersey and Maine. So thrived at the away games a little bit more. Um, And he finished fifth and sixth in his other ones, and Matt finished second and sixth. So the way all the math worked out, they ended up tied for second. Um, I was kind of pulling for them to be tied for first because then it would force us to figure out what the hell that we were going to do for a first-place playoff. And they were all about doing a live stream uh, one-round event or something. But maybe next year, I I assume these two guys are going to be near the top, no matter what our score and rubric is at the end of the day. And then that left uh, myself right behind them with 45 and a half points. Um, I went first, third, third, fourth. So, I mean, that feels about right with those finishes. And Highlighter was um, right behind. And I'll let you talk about the other Tom um, from Illinois that they ended up tying with their at 40 points. And Highlighter had, you know, similarly a second, fourth, and fourth. So it kind of feels like the right thing he you know, just one recently, which I think we'll talk more about at some point in New Jersey too. So n- no surprise that that group of people fell where they did in the top 10. So yeah, Mark tied for fifth with Tom Schweiss from the Chicagoland area. Tom is the eight-time winner of the MC Mini Masters. He won it again for his eighth time this year, and he came in eighth at the Miniest Mini Golf Open. And again, it's an impressive showing given that there were so many people in the field at Lilliput that are from Minnesota that know that course really well, and it's really tricky. And it did get the better of him in, I believe, his first round. If I'm taking a look at Tom's scoring, he ended up with a 63 the first round. Not so great. Second round of 52 is beyond respectable it's super super good and I believe Mick had said that between Tom Tommy and Mick 
in their second round, they probably had the best combined score. Tom had a 52, Tommy had a 54, and Mick had a 48. So their group, their group really cleaned up under pressure. And, you know, it makes sense that Tom finished tied for fifth with Mark. You know, is a great regional putter from the Chicagoland area, and I expect he'll come out to that event again next year, and hopefully we can get some other events in the Chicagoland area. And uh, seventh went to another Tom, the only the only Minnesotan in uh, the, the top ten. And, uh, yeah, that was me. Um, I lost the battle of the Toms, but I won the battle of the Toms in Minnesota. Uh, I came in <laughs> second again. I was fourth at the MC Mini Masters and 11th at O Street. I, I was telling Pat and Aaron, we were having a phone call last night, that I think my combined strokes off the leader was like 10 in three tournaments. So personally, that felt really good. And I had 37 and a half points. And right below me was David Biggie from New Jersey, the aforementioned Holy Moly episode winner from season three he had three events he was second fifth and 13th he actually is highlighted in a review i put up recently of settlers mill and long beach island beach haven jersey shore biggie and i played some rounds what was that august 2021 and uh yeah good company to be in and uh the last person with the first name thomas tommy schweiss from illinois he came in ninth. He was third in the MC Mini Masters and ninth in the Miniest Open. So it seemed fitting that he was ninth overall. And then we have one more spot in our top 10. And surprise, surprise, who was it, Pat? It was our other co-founder, Mr. Aaron Kaminsky, El Prez. From O Street, New Jersey, who I think gets the award for playing the most AMA Only events one. for the year. He played he played five, ended up with a 30.83 because averages are awesome. Um, and again, it seems right. I mean, his he did well, uh, 5th, 7th, 8th, 10th, and 11th. So pretty consistent for him kind of across all of them. And coming in top 10, again, feels mm-hmm. right. And just... You know, kind of right underneath him, we had a bunch of other Northeasterners from New Jersey, New York, Maine, um, that all, you know, their placements kind of felt right putting them in the top 15. So we had Dave and Wendy Taroni, who played a few events and were kind of in that sixth, seventh area. I know Dave came in second with the Winter Classic. Um, they had the, the rougher Farmington where he came in 19th, but not not as easy a course to jump mm-hmm. onto after some of those other ones. But Wendy was right underneath him. Our other AMA co-founder, Randy Rice, was at 13th, uh, 28 points. He played a couple events in 6th and 11th. And then really rounding out the top 15, we had the other um, folks who were really up in some of the AMA events. So Richard Petrie from Maine, who won the Tabers Open in August, and Becky Trofa from New York, who lost that thrilling playoff to Justin at the O street event who came in second. So, um, you know, looking at those and then you can go down the board afterwards. If you go visit the website and see how everybody else kind of played out, but overall in looking at it, the stuff kind of made mm-hmm. sense based on where everybody finished. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a really big year for Matt Lyles, Mick, Justin Seymour, and highlighter. We had Matt Lyles outside of 
winning at Matterhorn, also winning at Odita, coming in second at Farmington, and he did pretty well at Maine on a course that I imagine he hasn't played much. You have Mick, who, on top of everything he's done, he's set a world record for most holes played the same week, and we were all at Odita. Justin Seymour, he does all of this the year that he gets married. So congrats to Justin and Anna. He had a phenomenal year where he won two tournaments not in his home state. I mean, which is more impressive that they're not courses. You can just go down the road and play. It, it, it finished sixth the day after his wedding rehearsal dinner, which so clearly he was hungover and was prepping for the wedding the next day, which was a very nice wedding that a bunch of us got to go to. It was a good time. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, he's just, and this is probably, the, I mean, definitely the second, if not the third or fourth year in a row that proved that he has proved out that, um, a- anything North of DC, he is just a yeah. beast on right now. And then highlighter who you had sort of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but he just recently won the North beach, thousand dollar tournament in atlantic city he comes in in the top five as well has another great year he didn't get to play as many tournaments as he would like i imagine we'll be seeing his name near the top last year he won our mount atlanticus tournament he's been having some really great showings at the masters and speaking of people who had great showings at the masters it was a pretty big year for you as well pat you won over at farmington you did well in every tournament that you played in. You were fourth over at O Street. You were third at Dolphin. And I believe you were third as well at Matterhorn. So all of your tournaments that you played, you were in the top five. So duh, you're in the top five for the season. We'll talk more about Pat's Masters finish next episode. But... Yeah. Big years. And one more point on Matt, one more point on Matt Lyles. He also played the North Shore tournament and came in fourth there. Yeah. So I mean, just he has just been in every tournament, regardless of whether it's AMA proving that he's a great putter. So I would love, you know, we've talked about this kind of offline down the road to to try to get more opportunities to get kind of these top ten players in a way that they can all play against each other because it would be I would love to even take myself out of it because I would just like to watch. I think it would be an amazing tournament with some of these putters, especially if it's on a neutral course, because mm-hmm. almost all of them have proven they can go someplace where they're not familiar with. That's not their mm-hmm. home course and mm-hmm. either win or do well, which mark of a good champion. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think as we hope to grow the AMA, we're hoping that we'll pull people from further afar. I mean, right now we had Jody Kimball who had some great showings Midwest and, you know, Texas, Oklahoma area would be another great addition to that. Richard Petrie only played one tournament and he won it. All sorts of things that you can take a look at where you had some people that had some really impressive showings. Again, some fields of talented people. We really tried to pull in tournaments where the people playing are serious about the game, and they also like to have a bunch of fun. Just in kind of a wrap-up in the big picture for 2022, it's just, I think we're really proud and honored to have so many people who were interested in this thing that we wanted to get going to help 
grow the game. We had 239 unique players in nine events, which there's a lot of tournaments that have a lot of the same people over and over. And so I think that was something that we're really proud of is that we're bringing out people all levels. Some people are just trying it out and having fun. And some people are really serious. We had 31 players that played in at least two events. And we had 186 people that registered to become members of the AMA. And they were from all around the world. I send out membership cards to the UK and to India. I think I sent some to Portugal, maybe. It, it yep. It's nice to see that people are interested. And yeah, I mean, we had nine tournaments and we were talking last night, me, Aaron, and Pat, about how it really was a good mix of tournaments. If you think about the types of courses that we played on, two of the courses and tournaments between the MC Mini Masters and the Tea Time, you could say they're a bit more novelty and a little bit more, not as predictable, I would say, in some of the putts and some of the implements you used. Then you had two tournaments with Tabers for the main open and Lily Putt, where minus maybe a pipe and a jump, we're talking about some pretty pure putting courses where you really have to line up your putts and sink them. And then in the middle, we had five courses that are kind of a hybrid. Some of them had windmills. Some of them had big blocks of cheese and had big uh, alpenhorns and all sorts of things that were goofy. And then some of them were just required a really deft touch with the putter and were skill shots. So I think for us, that's something that we're proud of because it really does represent sort of the breadth of the game. And that's what we want to continue to do. We want to have some fun courses that you might be playing on a family vacation and some really serious courses where you're going to see people pulling out their notes and trying to figure out like, what's the line on the ball. That's all part of mini golf. And we want to include all of those elements, but we learned a lot. This is our first season and Pat, like, I don't know Share some of your thoughts on like our first season. Yeah, I mean, I, a couple of things, and, and we knew going into this, and we, I think we talked a little bit about it when we were talking about the formation of AMA and everything. But trying to put together a national ranking system, you know, we had taken some of the past couple of years data and, and did different matrices and everything. And like we had talked about, it, I, mean, I think what we had worked out. Um, we definitely found some stuff that we were, we want to tweak and, and do a little bit. And it's just, you know, you, you feel like you're, you want to feed it all to, I don't know, deep blue or something <laughs> to come up with the right, uh, algorithm because it's just, you know, we're at the point where it's not quite possible yet to really get those head to head matchups. So it's, you know, college football from 20 years ago, right before they started thinking the playoff stuff. But I do feel like because we were respectful of all that and put a lot of thought into it and, you know, gave voice to a lot of different viewpoints um, of course organizers that um, at the very least we had something that seems like it played out correctly. And, and like we've talked about, nobody paid for membership this year. So even if we screwed it up, <laughs> you guys weren't out anything. And it made for some exciting discussion. The kind of the corollary to that is, man, is it a lot of effort to keep this thing going. And I, we, you know, we knew that was going to be, um, and I think it was even more. And I, where I really felt it was, and I'd be interested to get your take as the organizers <laughs> too, of, 
you already had the when you're organizing and playing in the tournament there was always that there was already that two layers of of difficulty right like you want to do well yourself you want to do well by the tournament and now we added this third layer on of like okay we got to talk about our sponsors and we got to make sure we get people registered and all of that sort of stuff and it that stuff i think was not i wasn't focused as much as how that would be impactful it was still good i mean we got through it we figured out the different things but it's going into the next year now we're talking about expansion and talking about what we want to do i think i'm just a little more conscious of all right what what do we need to do what's the effort how do we need to ensure that so that we don't trip over ourselves and, and lose momentum for the year yeah i i think that's exactly it i think there were a lot of learnings and things that just ended up being a lot more work than we expected pulling those all together and then also competing and making sure that the tournaments are well run, that everything is fair, that there's a good set of rules and that people are having fun. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to juggle. And frankly, if people out there are interested in getting involved in the AMA, whether they're organizing tournaments already or want to help behind the scenes, we're open to people who want to get involved. We have a few people who've been involved in some of the tournaments that we've talked to already that want to get involved, but we welcome it. We, this is not like a closed conversation. We always want the door open to people who love the game of mini golf to give us feedback, both positive and hopefully constructive. But if it's negative, that's fine too. We want to know if people are having a bad time because we've played in tournaments where they're poorly run and people had negative experiences. And I think we would be bummed as players to not do something to try to rectify that and to at least do our best to make sure that everybody's feeling welcome and feeling good about how things are going. Yeah, well, and I even, I think, probably mentally blocked this out, but we spent a couple months in the beginning of the year even working out of you know, what was ultimately a failed yeah. tournament. So, like, it, I mean, we, I think... Ultimately, that is a good thing for us yep. to have gone through it. But some of it was the recognizing of we're not going to push very hard to do a tournament that isn't going to be up to yep. our standards. And so as much as that sucked a little bit of the, the life out of us to, to start things off, I think that was something that ultimately will be a, a very positive event for us in making sure the AMA is good going forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And yeah, I think big learning for me is that there's just been a high amount of interest. We had a lot of people traveling regionally with there being a new set of stakes with these tournaments and having each tournament, each stroke means something. If I place 54th or 41st in the Masters, it really doesn't mean much other than a pride thing and being able to say, I did better than this person. But with the AMA, every tournament that you play in, every stroke, you know, as I mentioned with my own scores, matters. And that's going to get you points. And it keeps people, I think, engaged that maybe you're having a bad round, but you're like, well, I still need to make these putts because I could do even worse and get less points. And so I think some of that stakes added in has helped add to more interest. And I think a lot of these tournaments that's been growing and having the joint efforts of all of us promoting them has helped grow them all. And I think that's exciting for us to see. And really what it tells us is that we really want to have 
more tournaments in new and different places to engage more people and get it really more spread out. I think it's great that we had a ton of people from Midwest and the Northeast do really well and that we have a great scene in Maine and New Jersey and Connecticut and Minnesota. But, you know, I think we're all interested in getting it out there. And we want, in doing that, to help find new ways to even do a better job at recognizing the variety of players that turn out. So we're all thinking about how do we not only have the ability to recognize people that are amateurs, but how do we reward people that it's their first time out, that maybe there's novice divisions and maybe there's trophies and awards like Mick has done in the MC Mini Masters for year that recognizes year-over-year improvement. I think we want to see that and encourage people to come out. I think myself to our miniest open, there is a guy, Michael Carlson, who's been coming out. He hadn't qualified, I think, in the first two years, where it was a much smaller and tighter qualifying group and you need to have better scores. And he kept at it. And this year he made it. I called him to let him know he made the cut for the top 20 and he was thrilled. And he had two rounds where he was under par again in the championship. That didn't mean he came close to winning it, but He was thrilled, and then he went back out, and he shot his best round ever. And I've been in that same position where after a year where I lost it, I came back out and I set a personal best, and that's kind of where you have to go with, especially for those of us that haven't been in the competitive game that long. And so as the AMA grows, we don't want to lose track of all of the players across the board. It's great to see the people who are seasoned and champions doing well, but we want to also like support and recognize people who just love the game and want to come out. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of opportunities too. like with a year or two. Now we can start introducing, well, now rookies and, you know, to the season or most improved from season. And, and that could benefit a lot of the folks who are just starting up. But the, the interest point, I think one of the other things I wanted to point out, like I was kind of shocked by how much, it changed the narrative in our discussions with a lot of other mini golfers to have the AMA umbrella, right? Cause there was always like, Oh yeah, you guys are doing this tournament. That's cool. But the number of people who were talking to us specifically about the AMA mm-hmm. and what we were doing, even though none of these tournaments really changed from the prior year, right? Like, um, was, was very interesting. So there was definitely this, um, thirst out there for more of this, organization around the tournaments that are out there and giving it that boost. And so that makes me excited as we Mm -hmm. do expand and find more stuff that, you know, maybe we start to see some of the people who we wouldn't expect at some of our AMA tournaments just historically to start to come in. And that'd be great. Yeah, I agree. You know, we're already thinking about the 2023 season and getting those things in order. And obviously, stay tuned to the podcast and the AMA website for that. But what I can say affirmatively is that the Miniest Open, Farmington, and Dolphin tournaments will be back. They'll be under the AMA umbrella, and they're already confirmed, and we have dates. We're all, I'm personally already in touch with a number of courses in Minnesota to expand our options here for a really growing competitive mini golf scene. So it'll be really interesting. I think we're looking at one in the winter and one in the spring. And we have some courses that play really, really well 
that I'm excited to be sharing about. And then we have a ton of leads on locations across the country. I think we've broken up the country into a set of regions with the Northeast, the Midwest, and then the South and the West, where we don't really have much going on. We're hoping at the very least, we're going to have some stuff in the South. We'll have more in the Midwest. And, you know, we've been talking to some people out West and that could be really cool because frankly, there's not a lot of news coming out about competitive mini golf out West. I mean, the Western part of the United States, for those of you who don't, aren't familiar with this country, it's big and everything is really spread out. The state of California is just massive that the distance between Los Angeles and San Francisco is probably further than any distance you would go in the UK and any of probably the other countries where competitive mini golf is played. So everything's really spread out and there's lots of open space, but we're hoping to really get there. And when we're expanding, we're also trying to find ways to engage people that are more non-traditional. We're looking at ways for 2023 to include walkabout and one shot. And we'll mention another one and another one of our sponsors later. Then theory could give an opportunity for some international players to earn some points. And maybe that will be an added incentive for them to check out one of our major tournaments in the US. Because ultimately, we want to just connect with people all over the world in mini golf, like we did with the 54 Problems podcast guys last episode. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we'll definitely have the Matterhorn tournament where we are doing it. It's just we've got to nail mm-hmm. down what the date is with the owner. And we, I mean, I know O Street will have yeah. theirs. And just for context of size, the, uh, the distance between me and Myrtle Beach is the same as if you drove from Barcelona to Zurich. <laughs> so, so like, and that's just part of the United States, let alone what it would take for me to get to Seattle by oh my, flight. So yeah. yeah, for our international, like that, that that's what we're dealing with, with geography here in the U S but we're, but we remain determined. And I think our whole group came together by meeting on Holy Moly and we were already across the country and new things were happening, we could have all started competitive things and been like, oh, it's going to be us against you guys and we're going to take our team over there and we're like, how about we throw it all together and mix it up, get your friends and come to our thing, we'll go to your thing, people get to know each other and see what happens. I, I think I had faith in that experience from running a small record label for years where it's like, hey, your band should come up here and play. And then maybe you'll host us over there. And what you find out, it's like, sure, you get better shows and you might make a few bucks, but you have a lot of fun. When Aaron came in town, we had awesome food and we hung out. We went to a mall that I went to in the 80s and he bought clothes that looked like they were from the 80s and then (laughs) wore them in our tournament. I mean, it it was a super fun experience. It's like those little things mean just as much and we see those connections happening in the competitive mini golf world. It's frankly one of the better things about the masters for, you know, the camaraderie. And I think we just want to help expand that because it's the part of the game that really makes it inviting. Yeah. And I think it's our way of kind of 
not necessarily replicating because it's it's not quite this, but like if I think about for our listeners who are European and have that club model, mm. right, where you've got kind of the built-in local camaraderie and the built-in competition throughout your country, you know, we don't have that here. Mm-hmm. And, and we could have tried to go down that path and ended up kind of in a similar situation. I mean, I think this does give us some of the rivalry stuff, right? Like, you know, we talked about, it'd be great to get some of these folks head to head and everything, but I, I think this is kind of our answer to that model currently in terms of allowing that camaraderie, the playing together, the localization, and then the broader scope from a, a country competitive position. And, you know, we'll, We'll see where it goes. Yeah. And once again, drop us a note, whether it's via podcast or AMA mini golf channels, we're happy to take your feedback. And if you want some advice about running your tournament, you know, running your first tournament, happy to do that. I think we're thinking about that as future podcast episodes. I think we have kind of a rule with the AMA that we at least want to see people run one tournament before we'd consider it part of the circuit. But that's not to mean that we aren't happy to offer as much advice as we can. And that'll be a few of the podcasts coming up. But more to come. Um, and as I had mentioned earlier, we are going to have some more non-traditional tournaments. And one of those non-traditional tournaments we're planning to have is one of our sponsors related to it. It's Putt 18. Putt 18 is a sponsor and it's an interactive and popular Putting game, Matt, we've been playing in a league since the beginning of the pandemic. Matt comes from Australia, made by people who love golf and mini golf, and there's a great community around it. We are hoping to add in 2023 season an event that's on the Putt 18, Matt. So we really encourage you to pick one up. You can use the discount code PUTT18-10 to save 10% off of Matt if you go to putt18.com.au to order it. It includes free shipping from Australia. It's not a bad deal. And frankly, it'll be, if you get a mat and you get practicing on it, be an easy way to earn some points to start our second season. But yeah, that's episode 50. And I guess we gotta, we gotta close it the way that we, that we normally do it with big thoughts, mini golf. We get questions all the time about how to run a competitive mini golf tournament. What should we use as rules? How many rounds? Is this a big enough purse? The answer is just give it a whirl. Borrow ideas from tournaments that you feel like are run well, add a twist or maybe even a unique variation that no one else has done. Don't get hung up on the stakes and just see who's interested in playing. You'll learn a lot in the process. And if you go into it with the right spirit, I promise you, you'll have a blast. And for the 50th time, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready. Damn right. Woo.